you want to be there for them, you know, and I think that's what you tell them when you're sitting in their, in their living room doing those home visits that, you know, you're letting those, those people know, those parents or grandmas or, you know, whoever they are, you know, I'm going to take, I'm going to be an extension of you is what you say, you know, and, and you got to, you have a, a reputation to live up to that. Hey everybody, this is your host, Alex Brown, and you are listening to Up Close in Personnel. This show is your one-stop shop for everything and anything related to the recruiting process, the evaluating process, scouting, player development, and team building in general. It has been awesome to interview and learn from some of the brightest minds in the game, and this week was no different. Jesse Ornelas, running back coach and recruiting coordinator with the University of Central Oklahoma, joined us to talk a little bit about Last Chance U, his personal journey in the coaching profession, and his current role at Central Oklahoma. Now, Jesse is huge on relationships and fostering genuine trust in the recruiting process, which is a big part of how we got connected when he was working at Independence Community College and Iowa Central Community College. But we also talk a lot on the evaluation process and all of the incredible players he's had a chance to be around as a coach. Some of those names include Jimmy G., with San Francisco 49ers, Tevin Coleman, and Rakeem Boyd. But before we kick off this episode, I want to encourage any new listeners to be sure to hit the subscribe button, rate the show, and share it with others. This show is for you, and it's for the listeners. So please check out the official website, upcloseinpersonnel.com, where you can follow all the updates on the show, read my notes on each of the previous guests, and send in any and all of your questions. So thank you again for taking time out of your day to tune in. And with that, I'll bring in our guest, Jesse Ornelas. Just hit a button, Morty. Give me a beat. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Um. Jesse, welcome to the show. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I know... It feels like we we all have gotten a lot busier since this quarantine has hit. As far as you know, you, you can't really leave your office now. So, what's work looking like for you at Central Oklahoma? How are you guys operating right now? You know, we're we're working from home. Um, we're working from home like everybody else, and kind of using technology to kind of help us advance and 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 uh, kind of see where we can go with it. But yeah, you you find yourself. Um, you know, working a little bit more because you're you're always in your office, like you said. So, um, you know, we're staying busy just like everybody else, but it's fun. No doubt. You know, I, I really am excited to dive into everything that, that you've gone through and your story and your experiences from, you know, working at the FCS level to JUCO. Now you're at the college level and you've coached a little high school ball. And I, I have never asked you about, you know, your high school coaching experience, but before we dive into that, I really want to go ahead and just dive into these questions. And starting off, what makes somebody a good recruiter in your eyes? Ooh, what makes somebody a good recruiter? I think a lot of it has to do with, with the genuine relationship that you can build with, with, with a recruit. To me, I, I think that that is what I lay my hat on, you know, is, is building that relationship with, with that player and building that trust. And, and you know, because – when it's all said and done and, and you have that recruit with you, you know, when he's feeling sick or he's homesick or, or any of that stuff, man, you know, he, he, he want, you want him to feel like he can, he can let you know and you can help him work through his problems and, and 
you know, that translates to on the field, off the field. And, and, you know, so to me, I try to build that genuine relationship with, with, with the recruit. And I think that that's what makes a, a good recruiter. Where do you start? Cause I, I, a lot of people have been on and they've talked about the, the value of the relationships. And, and we talked about it with Brian Carrington on the first episode, but for you, um, you've, you've dealt with so many different types of kids. Where, how, what's your process for that? Well, um, you know, the, I speak a lot from the experience of, of the junior college level. Um, I think that's, that's, that's where I have most of my experience at. And, and, and really it, it's the junior college level for me was probably the best thing that I could have ever done. Um, because I, I've seen a, a, a large, you know, scale of, of, of talent from, from the F, SEC level, you know, all the way down to the NI, NIA level that we've had in, in, in junior college. So I've seen all different types of, of, of athletes and levels and being at schools where you can naturally recruit um, allows you to kind of make connections and, and pipelines in certain places. When I talk about building relationships, a lot of that has to do with building relationships with good people, you know. Um, I think that's how me and you kind of became buddies is, is through the recruiting process. And, and when you find genuine people that, that have the same interest in you and they have the kids, you know, first that it's easy to kind of build upon that. And when, you know, when guys are in high school, guys are in Houston or Chicago or whatever that I have connections at, you know, and they have a kid that, that fits my criteria for what I'm looking for, you know, they often tend to to let me know, hey, man, I got a kid for you. You know, um, you might want to take a look at this kid and that relationship that you built with them. You know, I'm, I'm going to look at your kid and evaluate him. And if he fits with what I got, then, you know, if you're calling me, then I know the kid is worth something. Yeah. And just to brag on Jesse, I, nobody did a better job of prospect sheets, updating us, you know, as soon as they got somebody in the program when he was at Indy. I mean, I knew about it. When he was at Iowa Central, I knew about it. And I think that's such an under appreciated role, not just from JUCOs, but like high school coaches too. And, and we've talked about it a little bit, we had Joe Price on talking through that. But I think that was such a great experience for you because you got to hear all the questions that everybody asks. So ha has that helped you kind of pick and choose different things to incorporate now that you're recruiting and that you're going on the road? Yeah. Um, being in junior college, I've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of of four four year level coaches come in and, and recruit our kids, and I've I've heard their their the way they speak to kids and kind of the way they go about it, and 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 so I've kind of seen every angle, I've seen every kind of coach, um, and 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 I've seen a lot of good stuff too, you know that that I I liked how guys you know kind of presented themselves and 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 professionalism I think was was one thing that 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 I always looked for in guys and and and, and like I said building those relate guys were some guys are just natural at, at building relationships with guys and I think that's something that, that kind of gives people an edge when it comes to, to these young athletes is, is who can they relate to or who can they kind of feel comfortable with right away and I think that kind of gives you kind of that that over the top when you're recruiting a kid against somebody yeah that relatability that the connection yes yeah. So who were, who are some of the best recruiters that, that, that came through that you've been around and why? The best recruiters that came around that pop in my head. Well, I don't want to forget anybody, but um, I guess guys that just kind of pop through my head, man, you know, the guy that pops off the most and he's, he's a mentor of mine and the guy that I lead to, his name is Eric Henderson. He's now the defensive line coach for the, uh, for the Rams. He would come in when he was a position coach at UTSA. 
And I was just so enamored with him when he came in. He has such a big personality. Just he related to the kids so well. And I think the one thing that stuck out to me the most was he didn't really talk football too much. It was, it was more about understanding the kid, where they were from, what their home situation was, who's important to them. And he was getting all the answers that you look for when you're recruiting a kid. He was just doing it in a way to where it was it was just genuine and it was natural. And, and I think that kind of, you know, as when I'm looking at it as a recruiter, you know, you're piecing the things in your head. OK, well, you know grandma is you're looking for the who who's the champion who 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 do i need to who do i do i need to to get a hold of to kind of um you know who's making the real decision you know because all the kids think that they're making the decision but there's always you know somebody else that that's helping them and who's their backbone and you want to know who those people are because it's important to 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 know who those people are you know it's important for them to know who you are um in turn in this process and, and going forward even after you sign the kid um he was a guy that that stuck out to me you know he always would tell me man you're always always look for the commitment you know get get, get the commitment get the commitment you know and I, that's something that always stuck with me is always work to get the commitment and that's something that i've kind of grown grown to do as well the uh, the thing that stands out the most when when i talk to you about guys at your school or um, guys that you previously coached and even if if you just look through when you've answered other interviews because you got interviewed a bunch when you did the last chance you yeah. stuff but you always talk about you know I want to I want to focus on taking care of my players that's my priority like we never had the best facilities but I, I was going to be damn sure that I was going to take care of the kid so what was the biggest influence on you in terms of kind of that family you know wanting to take care of the person not just the football player because I think that gets lost a lot in what we do because of the the numbers and the offers and the film it's easy to kind of treat them treat recruits like like they're an asset because at the end of the day it is a it's a scholarship it's a lot of money but I think you really take a, a the right approach of you know you try to make a difference in in kids lives yeah I, you know I think some of that goes back to kind of the whole reason that I'm in this thing, you know, is, is, is the first and foremost is, is I like being around these young, young kids, man. They, they I always joke, man, I'm, I'm 32, but these kids make me feel like I'm 22, you know, just being around them. And, and, you know, really during this quarantine, man, um, it's been, it's been kind of rough on coaches as well. Cause you want to be around your kids, man. And, and they, they make me laugh and it's funny. And I like to joke, you know, any, any kids will tell you that have, have played for me that I, I like to joke around and play just as much as everybody else does, man. So I, I miss that you know, camaraderie thing. And that's something that just was, you know, that's kind of all we had at independence when, when we were um, coming up and, and, and nobody knew who we were and we were the doormat and we wanted to, to kind of bring players in and, and make sure that once we got them, our biggest thing was once we get them, you want to get them on the field, get them to the yard, you know, um, if they're homesick, you gotta, you know, you gotta not necessarily take care of them, but you know, you want to, you want to be there for them, you know, and I think that's what you tell them when you're sitting in their in their living room doing those home visits that, you know, you're letting those those people know, those parents or grandmas or, you know, whoever they are, you know, I'm going to take, I'm going to be an extension of you is what you say, you know, and, and you got to, you have a, a reputation to live up to that. And that's something that I, I kind of look forward to, you know, to do and make sure that I, I get that done. And, and trust is a big part of some of the things that you've said, like you, you, you look to, build that trust factor with the kid. I think that's something that we really see eye to eye on and, and yeah. probably a big reason why we've gotten along so well. And if, I mean, we've been in touch for a long time now. Where, where did that start for you? You know, when it com comes in terms of trust, 
you know, I know when certain coaches hit me up and send me a player, you got, I got to watch this kid ASAP, you know, because I trust his talent evaluation. He knows what I'm looking for. You know, a big thing for me is, is maintaining my, my relationships with, with high school coaches, you know, when I was at the junior college level, because junior college is such a, it's not very known, you know, nine times out of 10, a coach that has a kid that doesn't qualify you know, he doesn't know who to call. He probably had a kid that went JUCO a couple years before, and that kid may have worked out. If it worked out, then he's probably going to call them again. If it didn't work out, well, then he's going to try to look for another place. And, and, and oftentimes, you know, they don't know where to turn to. So it's, it's I've, I've kind of made it my, you know, kind of my goal when I was at, at the junior college level to, to be intertwined with the high schools and make sure they knew if you had a kid that was that met these kind of qualifications in terms of what I'm looking for from a body type, what I'm looking for from an athletic ability, what I'm looking for, you know, all of the above that doesn't qualify, let me know. I will evaluate him. I will look at him. And then guess what, coach? If I can't find if I, if I can't make him a home here with me, then I'll, I'll shoot him out to, to, to somebody else and maybe, you know, we'll help you find your kid a home, you know, and that's, to me, I think that goes and, and means a little bit more to people. Oh, it does. It, we, we joke a lot uh, at, at this, you know, just in terms of being in recruiting at the college level, like you're never going to be caught up on your emails. You're never going to be caught up on your Twitter, but in, in just the, the sheer volume of, of film that you get, and the players that are interested that are just trying to get, you know, get their name out there and you're never ahead. Right. I can't imagine how many recruits and kids were sending in tape after y'all were on last chance. You like how ridiculous was, was the amount of tape that y'all were, y'all were getting. The, the thing about it was, you know, I technically never got to use last chance you to recruit off of because they came in 17 when off of our first year after going five and four so nobody really knew what last chance was we knew we were getting it you know but Nike it wasn't really that well known you know and then after that season I left so I, I didn't get to you know we didn't we didn't get I didn't get to recruit off of the success that we had off of that I was at Iowa Central then you know so I mean but I could just imagine you know just just from me being on there that, that my my dms were, were flowed with kids I I could only imagine what kind of they were dealing with in terms of the volume of, of guys to watch. And, and it, it, it was nuts. So what, what is your process for, for learning and getting better? Because I know there's, there's, there's a big recruiting component and that's something that you're passionate about, but you also want to be on the field and that's really important to you. So what's your process for getting better? The process of getting better right now, it's, it's been kind of nice because because guys that, that ordinarily, you know, would be have their days filled up with with spring ball and and kind of, you know, being on the road and things like that. Guys that I look to um, that are at the next, you know, a higher level or the four year level. You know, it's been nice to kind of connect with those those guys. And there's tons of, of clinics and, and things out there to get better. And, and, you know, I heard a clinic this weekend that was just phenomenal, that, that gave me a lot of insight from a from an line perspective and things like that. So I just kind of look to to improve my play and kind of just see how other other people are doing it you know that I think the game of football is in my opinion a very simple game you know I think people tend to make it a little more complicated than it has to be and you know there's a lot of different factors out there that that you know make the game unique and and you just want to see what other people are doing and how they've done this and you know there's a million ways to skin a cat man and, and it's kind of just what what works for you and you know one day I, I do want to be a coordinator of some kind on, on either side of the ball. And, and, you know, I, I kind of have my own little, you know, 
playbook and things that I've seen that other guys have done and, and things like that. So, you know, I, I just try to talk to people and, and watch videos and watch YouTube clip. I'm big. I watch a lot of things on YouTube. I mean, you know, why not? It's there for you. Um, so that's kind of what I try to do to stay better. And from a COVID perspective, what are you, uh, what are you reading, listening and watching right now? Obviously I've been watching the, the, the last dance. I think oh, yeah. everybody in the world is, is watching that reading, you know, just being online and kind of, kind of, we've been, we've been trying to get through all of our in-state guys um, is, is, is really what's been taking a bulk of, of, of this for me, uh, which is nice, but, but I've been working quite a bit. Just like you, you kind of mentioned earlier, when, when you're the recruiting coordinator and, and you have to kind of manage the info going out, info going in, it's tricky to kind of track that kind of stuff, you know, and kind of have systems set up for your other coaches and things like that. So I spend a lot of my, a lot of my time managing our, our database and then kind of emails and, and things like that. So I, I'm reading a lot of emails, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm sure you're dealing with a lot of call lists and uh, yeah. with, with the new rule that that's amazing. You saw the new rule that, that went out from the NCAA, right? Which, which one? And so now you can make unlimited calls through this COVID dead period. So um, that includes zoom calls that includes FaceTimes, regular calls. So mm-hmm. really, really helps us out because at the end of the day, these recruits are missing out on the biggest opportunity to learn what your place looks like, what rice looks like, what, uh, you know, the locker room feel is what, what the campus feel. I mean, how, diffi- how difficult has that been for, for you guys in recruiting? You know, it's been, it's been challenging. It, you know, we have, we have, we have good people that work, work at our, at our university, you know, that are willing to, to help us and, and do whatever we need to do. So we, we try to create videos through social media, you know, is the one thing that hasn't really been regulated too much, you know, in terms of, of putting videos out um, of your facilities. Um, we, we just try to do stuff like that and, and, and um, you know, just try to connect with these kids as, as, as best as possible in, in the ways that you're allowed to, you know. Yeah. So as far as you, obviously, you know, you've, you've coached at a lot of different levels and now you're, finally, you're a running backs coach. You got your own room, you're a recruiting coordinator, but what were the steps that that you took to get there? Like, just walk us through kind of your journey in football, because I know you've been you had a lot of ups, downs in between. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you really you really grinded to get to where you are right now. Yeah. You know, um, well, shoot, if I'm going to go way back, you know, from south suburbs of, of, of Chicago, played high school football, was an all conference player in, in, in the little community that I was in. Um, but for, for where I came from, you know, we weren't very highly recruited. We had a really good high school team, went to the semifinals in the playoffs. Really, you know, that was the first time in school history. So we had a really, a real good team. We just didn't have those prospects that people come and look for, you know, when at the next level. You know what I mean? So kind of being an undersized team, you don't have a lot of traffic coming in. And a lot of guys that were coming in were NIA guys or Division three guys or high academic guys. So I wasn't even really, you know, highly recruited, really recruited at all, you know, coming out of high school. And I was interested in doing business and other things. So I, so then I decided, you know, I'm not going to go to one of these, uh, you know, Division three, high money, high academic schools, because I really wasn't qualified to even do that. Um, so I just decided to stay home and, and, and work on getting my business degree is what I really want to do initially. Um, so 
playing college football wasn't wasn't in the in the cards for me. And then I started coaching high school football, you know. And I always had an interest in recruiting. I mean, I was those kids that were looking at the Street and Smith books, you know, when they were coming out back in the day, looking to see who signed who. Um, you know, that was always, you know, looking on rivals, you know, kind of it was just cool to just to know, you know, what teams, who was signing where and all that. That was kind of what me and my my friends were were interested in. So I always had that that sort of interest in recruiting. So then I, I was coaching high school football and I got into the love of, of coaching the game. So I got to coach at a very young age, coaching high school football in Chicago. And then as I was going to a, a community school um, by where I'm from, I was going to, it was time for now for me to transfer to a four-year university. And uh, one of the schools that I was looking at was Eastern Illinois um, because some of my, some of my buddies from my hometown were there too. So I emailed um, some coaches there and just like everybody else does and, and say, hey, I'm trying to get in, get my foot in the door. Can I come volunteer? Can I, you know, can I come be a fly on, on, on the wall, you know? And I got an email back saying, of course, you know, we'd love to have you. And, and, you know, I was actually going to work for a guy named Jeff Hoover. He was the O-line coach at that time there. So I would have been starting in January. So I was going there to work with him and be an O-line coach and actually, you know, they had a playoff game. I think they were playing Southern Illinois, I believe, that season. And uh, on their way home, he actually got into a car accident and passed away, you know. So that was really my first experience with, like, you know, getting into the profession was was that. So after all that kind of – because I was like, well, I don't know, can I even come there now? You know, do they even know that, you know, I'm supposed to be coming up there? So I reached out to, to the receiver coach who was also the recruiting coordinator. His name was uh, Mike Lynch kind of told him my situation, how I intended to come up there and, and work for Coach Hoover. And he was like, you know, open arms, like, look, man, come on. We'd love to have you come work for me. You know, I, I know you want to do O-line, but I'm, I coach receivers. You come coach with me doing receivers and I'm the recruiting coordinator. So I thought, so that piqued my interest working with him, you know, and I think that kind of developed me in terms of watching how he did things from a recruiting coordinator standpoint. I mean, just the, the professionalism and, and the, the attention to detail was something that I caught with him, but also he was amazing to me where he would give me, you know, he kind of gave me a lot of tasks and kind of let me, you know, kind of figure things out on my own and, and get things done. And, and um, so that, that experience to me was just invaluable. I look that I look on all the time and, and just grateful of that. And at that time, you know, I was just, you know, I was a student assistant, man. So I wasn't, I wasn't telling anybody what to do or I was just, you know, making copies, you know, doing cold and scout cards, you know, that, that sort of thing. But, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo was our quarterback that year. You know, he was a true freshman. So I, I got to see NFL talent, which was something that, that I think um, was invaluable because the most talent you can see, you kind of, what I think of talent evaluation is how much talent you kind of store in your memory that helps you get, an evaluation on the kid. You know what I mean? So if you're, if you're watching a kid and he may remind you of somebody you've seen in the past, you know, that can kind of help you get a more accurate evaluation, but that doesn't happen all the time. It's just something that you use to kind of, kind of be a little more precise, you know, being there and being able to see, see me, see Jimmy Garoppolo play as a true freshman was, was pretty cool. and something that, that I, that I'm, I'm glad I was a, a part of. Um, so then after I graduated, man, I kind of went back home to Chicago. Like before you go home to Chicago, what, at what point did you realize, like, because we talked, we've talked about Jimmy a, a couple of times, but we've never gotten in depth with it. Uh-huh. 
when did you realize like this guy could be like an NFL starter? Well, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know if, I don't know if I realized that, you know, because I was so green and I was so my eye, people don't understand it, that, you know, you gotta, you gotta train your eye, you know, you gotta train your eye for talent evaluation. You have to watch guys and you have to watch guys and you have to watch guys and you have to have to really, really, really watch a lot of film to kind of train your eye. Well, I believe you do to, to where you want it to be, you know? So at that time, you know, I think he was, a he, we were redshirting him for the first part of the season. And then I think halfway through the year, they pulled his shirt and, and you seeing, I mean, you see the fast release. I think the one thing that, you know, people that know that I was there when he was there will ask me was, you know, what, did you see anything different? You know, did you, the one thing I did notice was he knew what everybody's job was on the field, including the defense. And I think that to me was, was probably the one thing that you could probably say, Oh, he's going to be special. I don't, you know, I don't know. Just like that, that, just that acumen for football. Yeah. Just like he was just smart just smart you know you're like well shoot he's a true freshman at least he knows what his job is and 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 kind of what everybody else is and what the defense is doing and you're like okay well you know let him take his freshman lumps that cat's gonna be legit you know yeah so then you moved back to Chicago I moved back to Chicago started coaching high school football again and I'm from Oak Forest Illinois which is a south suburb and um you know when I was there you know I've been kind of lucky to kind of be around some talent when I was there um Tevin Coleman was a senior. Wow. Who played at Indiana. Now he's playing for the, he's actually playing with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G, yeah. Um, he was with the Falcons. So I actually got to be on staff. I was the sophomore defensive coordinator and I was the varsity linebacker coach. And, and Tevin was a senior that year. So I got to see him in his senior year. So I got to see what, what elite talent, you know, kind of looked like early, you know, and, and, and so that, that kind of, I believe, you know, kind of helped me because I've seen it with my own two eyes, what, you know, kind of what an NFL dude, you know, kind of looks like, you know, how, how they, how they run, you know, kind of what they do in a game. And, and you just seen, you know, you've seen that switch come on and you just, you seem different, you know, I mean, I've seen that dude play in a high school game where he, he scored every which way you can score. He caught a touchdown. He ran a touchdown. He ran a punt back. He ran a kick return back, you know, caught a pass. He ran one in. I mean, I seen all that in one game, you know, yeah. and, and I was just blown away. Like, wow. You know, and at that time he had, you know, he had big time offers too. So then how many more years high school wise when you made the transition to independence? I coached, the first time? There, I coached at another high school and then I, and then I got a DC job at a, at a, at a startup high school with one of my high school uh, buddies that I grew up with. He became a young head coach of a school that hadn't had football yet. And he's like, dude, I just got this job. He's first year teacher, like at a brand new school, you know, and they let him be the head coach, you know, he, you know, real, real good dude I grew up with. And he's like, I just got this job, man. Come be my DC. And I'm like, Oh, all right, let's go. Let's go. You know, let's do it. You know? And it was fun. That's probably one of the most fun years I've had in a while, you know, I, and, and, uh, and I was his DC in our first year there, we went five and four. And then that is when I saw the ad on, on football scoop from in from independence community college to to come there and i was just you know you everybody sees those things on there the the, the free guys come here you can live here eat here no you don't get paid you know and 
it yeah. gets your foot in the door and I didn't know any better. I'm like, for well, shoot, that sounds, that sounds like heaven to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sounds like heaven to me. So I, I, I hopped on it, you know, and, and uh, I did uh, some, a Facebook interview and, and, you know, on like a, on like a Friday and, and on a Monday I, I was driving from, from Chicago to Oak Fort or to uh, Independence, Kansas. And, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. It, so I, I had my own last chance. You uh little, little appearance when I went, I went to last chance you uh, East Mississippi okay. and it's crazy. Like when you show up the minute you park your car, it's like the boom mics in front of you, the cameras yeah. in front of you. Like, Hey, are you okay with this recording? And you know, I'm young. I'm like, sure, let's do this. And, <laughs> and you're immediately regretting it when you're in the coach's office and you're asking him questions and you you meet with the kid and you're talking to the kid. But what was that like? I just, you know, all access all in your face. Do you just kind of get used to it at, at some point? Like what, what did, what was that experience like for you? It was, it was a, it was a good experience for me. You know, I'm, I'm glad I, I went through it. I'm glad that we were part of it. You know, it's just something that you'll have that, you know, and the good thing about it is we won conference that year. So, you know, our whole thing was we just don't want to look like slaps on TV that don't win. You know what I mean? Like we just want to win, you know, like we knew we were talented going into that, going into that season. We, we knew, we're the only ones that knew how talented we were, you know, um, and we did a great job on social media, kind of, you know, hyping us up and, 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 and doing stuff like that. So we did a good job kind of getting our guys out there and getting them noticed. And we had some big time transfers and, and we knew how good we could be. I think the thing that, that doesn't get talked about that year is, is I think that, you know, we had the right staff for that team and we had the right, gelling as 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 a whole group as a staff and and you know that year was just it was fun you know obviously we were winning but but just kind of going through that with those kids and and you know it kind of brought everybody together it brought the kids together it brought us together you know and we were all doing this you know we knew we were going to be on tv you knew all this that we're doing is going to surface one day it's just a matter of it's up to us to kind of write what, what story we're going to have, you know, and everybody kind of took that challenge and it, it was, and it was fun. You know, it was fun. We did something that nobody expected us to do. Yeah. And just to see the, the town embrace kind of you guys that first year and then to fast forward when you move on to Iowa central and you're watching now <laughs> and I, I mean, the first question I have is like, how weird was it seeing yourself on TV? I thought it was weird, you know. <laughs> I thought it was, you know, and I don't even know the magnitude of it still, you know. Um, I thought I just, I wanted to just do my job and try to try to be as professional as I can be, you know. You try to do that anyway, but but you know, when when you have, you know, there's, I mean, it's a it's a production when they come. You know, yeah. it's, I don't know if people realize it's a, they're bringing semi trucks of, of equipment, you know, and they got guys on scooters with equipment. They got drones, they got cameras set up over here, cameras set up over there. They got uh, speakers in the trees, you know, wow. they got, it's, 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 it's a production, man. And, and, you know, 
you're trying to do your job and you're trying to practice out there on the field and then you got three camera guys in the way or you know and you get you get used to it right away it's just another obstacle that you got to get over you know if if you want to be successful and, and, and you know and win what was it interesting to see which players um needed that validation and which players didn't like because from a like a social just experiment standpoint i'm sure it must have been pretty cool to see like some motivation factors definitely probably popped up if you didn't know about them already yes um you it, it was cool to kind of see you know kind of guys really they wanted to prove themselves, you know, everybody, everybody in the whole program wanted to prove themselves like, okay, well, this can be my opportunity to prove myself that, that, that I can, I can do this, you know, whether you're a coach, whether you're a player, you know, it, it was everybody's goal was to, to kind of, you know, oh, this could be the reason that I, that I, that I get out of here or whatever, you know, whatever it was. And there were some things too, that you had kids acting out of character and, and things like that too, which is normal. You know, people, a lot of people don't know how to handle, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, and I think we did a good job as a staff of just keeping everybody grounded. And, and the winning was, was a big thing for us was, was the winning, you know, we wanted to keep winning. We, man, we knew we were, we knew we were good, but nobody else wanted to believe it, you know, and nobody else but us wanted to believe it. And the only thing that we could do was go out there and prove it to everybody. It was crazy that the amount of talent, because like, you know, I would call you about, you know, slim or I'd call you about Rakeem and then as I'm watching their film, I'm like, who is that guy? And then yeah. I'm calling you back the next week. So I'm sure you probably inundated by just phone calls. But with with a guy like Rakeem Boyd, who was a bounce back, what do you think allowed him to be able to, because I, I know initially it was a, a bit of a struggle, like yeah. what allowed him to overcome those initial struggles and wind up getting that opportunity to go to Arkansas? initially I think that when he got there it was a transition for him like it would be it was a transition for me going from Chicago to pulling up you know to Independence Kansas to there's a corner the corner store we call it right there and you're making there's a sign that says Independence can't community college turn right and then you go down into you know a hill and then there it is it's independent you know there's the the field and the school and, and all that stuff and and when I'm I just I'll never forget it you know just driving up to that sign and I promise you in my head, I thought, what am I doing? What am I doing? You know? And then I, and I, and I showed up like in the middle of the night too, you know? And I was like, there's, there's, what am I doing, dude? Like, what are you <laughs> you're in Chicago? Like, what are you doing? You know? And, and that's what, but that's what everybody gets. The kids that have the best time adjusting are the, are the, the kids that come from small towns, you know, little country, small towns, those guys are do okay, but your big city kids and things like that, there's an adjustment period. So, you know, kind of him being from Houston, it was coming from Texas A&M. I mean, this was the last place on earth that he wanted to be, you know? And, and so there was an adjustment period, but you know, how I try to fix everything is, is through competition. So, you know, meaning, you know, if, if guys don't want to, don't want to do what they're supposed to do or whatever, I, you can, you can fix that by having a strong group you know, having a strong position group because then that allows that you can't afford to do that because you take a day off and this cat decides that he wants to come and, and be the guy, then guess what? Now he's the guy. Now you're going to wait for your turn again, you know, and, and that happened a lot. You know, that happens a lot at Independence Community College. That was the that was the thing that, that I think really drove that place and still drives that place is competition, you know, per position. I mean, you got you to gotta come to work every day because you, you might not get back on the field if you don't. I think with Rakeem, we were very, very, very talented. 
that year at the running back position. I mean, very, very talented. And I think that he he kind of figured out like, okay, well, you know, I got I got to bring it. I mean, once he started bringing it, and once he brought it, he didn't stop. Yeah. You know? and that that's kind of where I think he kind of turned the corner and, and allowed him to kind of uh, make a name for himself. So you obviously you know win win the conference, a lot of success, awesome time with Last Chance U. Then you go to Iowa Central and yeah. continue to develop as a coach, continue to do a really good job as a recruiting coordinator. And I, I mean, we talked yesterday, just kind of the go through kind of what, what this show looks like, but I, I want to hit you out of left field on this one, but okay, I remember vividly, I had just taken the job at Rice it was a year ago. This was, this was in April and I had called you just to let you know kind of what was going on just to catch up. And you told me you were getting out of football and it was like, I, I mean, it had to have been like a week or two. Maybe it wound up being a month. But like a month later, you hit me up. Hey, I'm back at Independence. It's like, what What was that process like? Just just in terms of, I, I know how much of a grind it's been going through the JUCO life and, and coaching and trying to break in. And obviously now you have, and you're in a really good spot right now. But where were you at mentally when you decided to hang it up for a, a, a short minute and, and pull, pull an MJ? <laughs> well, I was at Iowa Central. We went there. We did really well. Um, turned that place around in, in, in one season, you know, in our first year with that new staff. And that, that place is, is – is, that's a spot too, man. That's a good spot to be. And um, I had the opportunity to recruit Chicago, so it was just, you know, be closer to home. It was just – it just felt right for me at the time to go to Iowa Central, you know. We had some success there. And, and then I, uh, I got a job at uh, Missouri Southern. Um, went there for, for a little bit with that new staff, and it kind of just – it wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't the right feel for me. It wasn't the right fit for me. It just wasn't, it just wasn't what I was looking for at that time or what I thought I needed and, and things like that. So, you know, I decided to, to kind of move back to Chicago and kind of, you know, figure out the next chapter of my life, you know, and then I do that. And then I'm sitting at home and I'm like, well, I got to be recruiting. I got to be, that's, that's just what I do. That's, you know, that's what I love to do, you know, and me having some junior college experience, you know, <clears throat> allowed me to kind of make some calls and, and, and reach out to some people. And, and I actually ended up going to Garden City for that spring. I don't know if people know that. Yeah. So I was actually at Garden City with that new staff uh, for that springtime. And I was there, you know, cause, cause then I, it, it went to, well, how do you, how do you get a job? You know, whenever, you know, everybody tells me, well, you, you know, you're not going to get a job if you don't have a job, you know? Yep. So, so I ended up, you know, so this, this is what, this is with coach Minnick. Yeah. You know, yeah. which was a great guy. I mean, a really, really great guy, Chicago guy as well. Um, so we, we clicked pretty good. And I went there on, you know, I was, I went there again as a uh, live in the dorms monitor, you know, so I'm back to, you know, back to where I started essentially. So then um, kind of when, when, I went through that spring and then when coach Harris got the head job at independence, then there was kind of some rumblings of would I be interested in going back there? Coach Harris is, is, is a mentor of mine and, and, and somebody that I, I, you know, is like a big brother to me. So, you know, we, we've always talked about, we love, we, we always, you know, if we could get back together. And, and so he kind of hit me back and said, Hey man, I got an opportunity here. Here's the details. Can you do it? And I was like, ah, uh, you know, and at that time, you know, and my mom, people don't know my mom lives in Wichita, Kansas. So, oh, wow. um, yeah. So me 
kind of me getting to Kansas and originally the first time coming to Independence was, was really great um, just to kind of be around her again because I grew up in Chicago and she's in Kansas. So I, I wasn't with her for, for a couple of years, you know, um, quite some time. So then me being able to be closer, she was coming to my game. She was coming to see me. I was recruiting Wichita. So it was, it was a, a beautiful situation. So, you know, I think kind of all that added up for me to kind of head back to independence and try to try to help Kiyoshi on his journey and, and kind of see if we could do something again, you know, kind of do it again. And, um, you know, that, that year, this past season that we just had was, was incredible also, you know, it was, it was similar to what, what we had done in, in 2017 and kind of, it felt good. It's really cool to hear about your mom too, about that, yeah. that opportunity. So was that a little bit of a, a refresher during the, the grind of living in the dorms, you know, still be able to see mom and all that. Oh, absolutely. She would come up and bring coolers of food for us. And when, you know, when we had our games on Saturday, you know, which was a two hour drive. So her and my sisters would come to the games and bring food because they knew on Sunday, they knew Sundays we were going to be in the office and we were going to be game planning. We were be, so she'd bake, you know, brownies and, and yeah. I'm Mexican. So I'm making rice and burritos and, and salsa. And like, so that was kind of our, our Sunday tradition at independence was, you know, my mom would come up to the game and then we played Butler, you know, being right there, Hutch is right there. So, you know, there wasn't too, you know, it wasn't too, it was just, it was great to be able to have, you know, my mom and, and sisters. Cause when I was in, when I was in high school, man, you know, my mom came to one game my senior year, I think. Wow. Into my senior year. So, you know, it was just kind of nice to be able to kind of, you know, have that, have that this year. And, and that was the reason that, that where I made the jump now was, was, was good. Cause I just came from Wichita yesterday. So I was just there and spent the weekend with her for Mother's Day. So to be able to do that, man, you know, it, it, it means a lot to me as well. You know, that, that I take that into consideration, too, when, when I'm, you know, thinking about what career moves I want to make. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I, I was able to I was able to go see my mom this past weekend. It was awesome. So transitioning to our topic of the week. As everyone knows, or probably could guess we're going to talk some JUCO recruiting. <clears throat> so for the listeners out there, could you just give us a crash course on the different types of categories you can fall into as a JUCO prospect because for me I really tried to do as good of a job as possible with JUCOs when I was at Houston because it was a big part of what we did and we would always go after them but the problem is you don't really understand your true junior college needs until you start playing your season and you start to deal with some attrition you start to deal with changes on the roster and then you know come October uh, you know, position coach is going to come to you and say, Hey, we need a mid-year wide receiver. It's like, Whoa. All right. I got two months to try to recruit and sign this guy. So that was something I tried to really take pride in when I was at Houston. And I was actually surprised to learn that rice has a bunch of, you know, success with junior college kids. So I think the, the common misconception is that if you're a smart kid, you shouldn't go to a Juco or that it's only for non-qualifiers, but that's not the case in, I wanted you having been on on the front lines to kind of talk through what's the difference between qualifiers. So guys that are taking a chance on themselves, non-qualifiers, guys that are getting a second chance and bounce backs, which are really the last chance guys. It's that's their last chance. So just break down, just give us a crash course on, on what, what the process looks like for those three different categories. 
Okay. Well, so if you're looking for your true, true non-qualifier guys coming out of high school, that means that they didn't meet their, their academic requirements. Could be a test score, um, could be a GPA, you know, could be core classes, whatever, whatever it is, they're not going to qualify academically um, through the clearinghouse. So then that means that they, they need to go to junior college. And, and to get out of junior college, you have to uh, earn your associate's degree, which is usually, you know, 64 credits, 40 of them transferable, you know, with a 2.5 GPA is what is what the uh, division one qualifications are, you know, to get out of junior college. So, you know, that could take and independence, we always try to get our guys graduate in 18 months. You know, we want to get guys, we want to utilize those summers so that that last spring they could be at their new new school and, uh, and compete in spring ball, which you know is more attractive for a kid if you're recruiting a kid out of four-year, that if you can get him, you know, at a mid-year and get him acclimated to your program and get him in spring ball, you know, that, that helps out um, that kid's value you know, a little bit. And I think that's something that we strive for um, at, at Independence was, was doing that. Um, and then you get your qualifier kids, which are your under-recruited kids. Um, they could be your, your kids that, that are deficient in, 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 in body type, that have high production, you know, could be a kid that, that has a really good body type, but not a lot of production. They could be, you know, a kid that just wants another opportunity that had small offers and wants to kind of re-recruit himself. Um, so then he would come in as a qualifier and, and not have to graduate, but just maintain a certain standard and he could kind of exit if he meets those requirements. And what is it? Is it, you got to get 12? Just stay, stay full-time uh, enrolled. Stay full-time and get 2.5, yeah. is it? Yeah. Which yeah. normally you're not you're not dealing with that with the qualifiers, especially you know the guys that are banking on themselves and had the good grades. And we've had a couple of kids too that have done that, that have taken advantage of that, that that have really came in and and went for one semester, or were or kids that you know sometimes get guys that end up being late qualifiers that you know are actually sign and come into your school to end up qualifying late because a test score came in late or whatever the case is, you know, then that means they only got to be there for a semester. So that's been great. We've had some success on guys like that as well. Then you get your, your bounce backs or your transfer guys, you know, which four, two, four, if they're at a four year and they come to a two year then they need to, um, they need to graduate with their associate's degree. Um, and those are usually your bounce back kids, your big time kids. Uh, Rakeem was one of those. Um, you know, all those guys that transfer from those big time schools would have to come back and get their associate's degree um, to get back out. So that, so they got to work towards that. You know, that gives them something to work towards that. Then you have to, you know, you have to go to class and you got to do your do your business. Um, and then is that is did we forget anybody else? No, didn't forget anybody. But when it comes to those bounce backs, normally there's a story that you transfer for a reason. Yeah. So what's the line of questioning that those types of guys should expect? And what's the best way to operate? Because it it's a difficult one for a recruit that's going through that. Like if, you know, whether it was a popped test or, you know, flunking out of class or disciplinary, just what what's the right approach that, that these guys should, should have? And, and from the college standpoint, what are the questions you need to ask? Because I think you, you've got to really make sure you do your homework as yeah. far as who you're bringing into your culture and who you're bringing into your, your program. See, I, I think that's something that's overlooked in terms of student athletes when they really, you know, if you really want to know, you know, kind of what these guys are asking, they're asking everything. 
they are asking everything. They're putting their, their jobs on the line for signing guys, and they need to know everything about you. They want to know how many drug tests have you popped. They want to know what your, what your injury history is. They want to know what your home life is. They want to know what your current coach's opinion are of you. They want to know what your high school coach's opinions are of you because there's instances where things happen and things just don't work out or it's not the right fit or, you know, kind of there, there's tons of things that, that happen. You know, the best thing that, that, that's, that, if you're recruiting a kid that's a bounce back, you just, you just got to know everything. You got to know everything about the kid and, you know, um, dot your I's and cross your T's and, and just understand that, you know, I'm going to ask you everything. I want to know everything, you know, and you learn a lot about the kids through that process too. You know, you can tell when the kid's not being fully honest with you. And, and I always say, you know, I'm going to call your position coach. What's he going to tell me about you? You know, not what, what you think about you. What do you think he's going to say about you? And it's kind of, they'll look at, they'll kind of, you carry the pause and they're like, well, do I tell them what, what I want them to hear? Or do I tell them what I think the guy's actually going to say? And that right then and there tells you a little bit about the kid. Well, Coach, he's probably going to tell you that, you know, I was late to a couple meetings and I da-da-da, da-da-da, you know. And, okay, well, why were you late for those meetings? You know, Coach, you know, I, and then you get – right then and there, you get another another checkpoint. Well, is he going to blame somebody else or is he going to, or is he going to take responsibility for kind of his actions and, and things like that? So you use that to kind of – gauge the, the kid because you you know you want to bring in a kid that you think is gonna is gonna fit right in with what you're doing as a culture and and obviously if they can play that's that's why you're on the phone with them you know um but you, you got to check injuries too you know you got to make sure that the kids are are healthy and and you know so there, there's a lot that goes into that that victim mentality that it's it's somebody else's fault how do you a lot of times it, it, it's obvious but how do you uncover that and, and, and what are some some red flags that, that you kind of look for and look look to avoid? Well there you know you have a set of standards that, that you talk about as as a as your recruiting philosophy and, and on what, what you're looking for in guys and, and, and you just kinda kinda stay for those guidelines. But you know I think the biggest thing you know everybody makes mistakes. You know what I mean? I've I've made mistakes you know, tons of mistakes and, and, and everybody has. And, and, you know, I'm the biggest thing I think I loved about junior college was getting kids that needed another opportunity and, and seeing them figure it out, seeing the light come on. And, and you know, we had a kid at, at Indy that I talk about all the time that, that you know, kind of came in with a, with a GED and he graduated in, in, in 18 months to one of the most prestigious, you know, with a scholarship to the one of the most prestigious universities in the country. And, and, and I don't know if people really understand that, you know, like these kids are coming from, you know, the most impoverished areas with, with, with horrible situations, home lives, you know, and they're just looking for a way out, looking for, you know, an opportunity. And when you get a kid like that, that, that was down and counted out and, and, and kind of been through the, the mill of things and, and you get a kid and, and all he needs is an opportunity and all he needs is a weight room and all he needs is a practice field and all he needs is, his academics right there and the kid is going to class and he's going to weights and, and he's practicing hard. I mean, there's no telling what, what the kid could do, you know? And, and I think that's what you really, that's what drives you every day when you're a junior college coach is, is, is that kind of that, that, that deal right there. Would you say the ability to respond to and overcome adversity is the number one attribute of the, the guys that make it out? Absolutely. If you're not tough, you're not going to make it at junior college. You're not going to make it because it, it's not 
it's not fun. <laughs> you know, it's not fun, but it's necessary, you know, um, it's necessary. And I don't mean it's not fun as in, you know, they're bad places. I mean, you know, the competition is, is elite, you know, um, the towns that you're in are often not, you know, big, robust towns that have all the eating and all that. You got a corner store, you got a Taco Bell, McDonald, you know. Um, <clears throat> but I think that's what, what builds the camaraderie in, in the kids, though, and the coaches is, you know, some of the funnest times I've had were, you know, sitting on our back patio at Independence, Kansas with, with some of our coaches just after a long day where you get done at, at 11 or, or midnight and you got to be back up at, at five, but you're just sitting there kind of relaxing like, oh, this is nice. We had, we had a full day work. Let's, let's get ready and do it again, man. And, and, and the kids will tell you too, you know, you see kids tweet all the time. I miss my Juco brothers. I miss, you know, all that stuff. You see that all the time. And, and we tell them that, you know, you guys better cherish this, you know, you better cherish this while you're here with, with your, with this Juco experience. Cause I think, and I do too, man. I wear it as like a, a badge of honor. You know what I mean? Being through the JUCO experience, you know, they call it the JUCO struggle, you know, and, and it's not, it's, it's, it's not always the easiest for coaches as well, but, you know, coaches get an opportunity to make it through too. And, and that's their opportunity to get to a, to a higher level because you're meeting guys that come in and recruit your schools and, and people are kind of seeing your ability to recruit as well. And you're on the road, you're getting, I mean, I say it all the time, man, if you're a young coach, you need to go coach junior college. If you, if that'll tell you that you want to do this for the rest of your life and that'll, that'll, that'll um, prepare you, you know, kind of for what, what everything you're doing, because you, there are no GAs, you know, there are no, you, you're doing everything, you know, as a position coach, you're doing everything. And, um, you know, I kind of wear that as a badge of honor too, just like the kids do being a Juco guy. You can really tell who, uh, who loves the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. What are the big like misconceptions? Cause I mean, most of the time you, you associate junior college with the, the last chance mindset, but what, what do you feel like are, are some things that the common football fan just, I would have no idea about. For one, I, I don't think people understand. The biggest thing is I don't, I don't know if people understand how talented the junior college level is. You know, oh, yeah. that's first and foremost, you know, um, junior college is, is talented. I mean, you could go on, you could go on a game, but you can go any given day but on a Coffeeville independence rivalry and see, you know, upwards of, you know, 15 to 20 division one prospects there. Or, or Gulf coast. I mean, well, exactly. the, the, the Kansas and Mississippi jukes are ridiculous. Are loaded. And every, all of them are, are, have their own, own special, you know, ways that you recruit, you know, at, at this, like now I'm learning, you know, you recruit all the junior colleges because they all offer something and they all have a little bit something different in their own way. The, I think the talent level people don't understand is, is, is really, 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 really elite up there. I mean, you're watching just natural guys just, that just can run and roll and tackle and, and make plays. And it's, it's, it's a beauty, man. It's a beauty. You know, they seem to think that the guys, you know, are, are bad kids or obviously they're there with you for a reason, but you know, they're just, you know, oftentimes kids that just need another opportunity that things didn't work out or may have had, you know, an injury issue early that, that got them brushed out the door that now they're fully healed and you give them another opportunity to kind of, bring their name back and, and, and go get back to who you were and, 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 you know, things like that. So, um, but they're, I think something that we've always done was, was, you know, 
every place that I've been at was had a good grasp on the, on the discipline part of, 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 uh, of the junior college um, aspect because they all, everybody wants structure. You know, everybody does better with structure. Everybody, you know, needs it. And, and I think we did a good job with it in terms of, you know, holding guys accountable and, and things like that. So I didn't really, you know, the misconceptions that people have, you know, are, are so far off that, that, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. And then, and then the whole academic part of it, you know, you got to get your associate's degree. You have to graduate with your AA degree to leave there. You know, if you're a non-qualifier or a transfer and it's, it takes some work, you know, and it, and it, and it takes some commitment. And, and oftentimes I don't, I don't think kids get enough, um, you know, recognition for that. What is one story that either wasn't on last chance you were that nobody knows about just the most ridiculous experience whether it was you on the road recruiting or helping a kid make it out oh the most ridiculous story <laughs> i'll tell you a story and nobody well i'll tell you a story so the first away game the first away game and i it is what it is we were having problems with our printer so i'm printing out coach brown's uh his play calling sheet you know and i had his i had so we were printing it out right before the game we were having printer issues and we're loading up for the game you know we're loading up for the game so it was my job to, once i got it i had to format and excel and 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 clean it up and color code it and kind of all these things uh for his play call sheet and our our printer just wasn't working you know, it just wasn't working, wasn't working, wasn't working. And last year, she was going to ride on this with the bus going to, uh, going to, I think we were playing Fort Scott or whatever it was. And, <laughs> and I got left. I got no. left there because I was working on the printer. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to look like such a slap when, <laughs> when, when, when they drive by. So the bus actually runs by and I'm running out of the office, you know, with the play call sheet. But luckily I had, I had Coach Brown's vehicle. So I, I ended up just driving there. Fort Scott was like a, you know, under an hour drive. Um, so that was something I thought was funny that I'm, I'm glad wasn't on there. <laughs> what, what was coaching with uh, Coach Brown like? Because obviously a very – Contra controversial is one way to put it. Uh, highly competitive is one way to put it. Uh, uh, demanding is, is are, are some some words that I would I would use to describe. I don't know them. I, all I know is from what I've seen on on the show. But you know, you guys did win a lot of games. Yeah. So what what was that like? And what are some things that you learned that maybe you still take with with you to to where you are now at Central Oklahoma? And some things that you you don't take with you. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I enjoyed working for coach Brown. You know, you had to bring it every day. You know, you had to bring it when you, when you opened up your eyeballs, you had to bring it. And oftentimes when you opened up the eyeballs, it was early. So you had, you were bringing it all day long, you know, all day long. We we're working, you know, 5am to midnight days, you know, working all day long, you know, and, but it, but you were getting success, you know, you were winning games. So it kind of all, that's kind of what we had to do to ensure that we, you know, we were going to win. So I, I, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I took, I think the recruiting part of my tool belt, you know, a lot of that comes from my experience, you know, with him there and, and, and being able to kind of, we, we always called it recruit relentlessly. You know, we want to relentlessly recruit. That was our thing that we would always say, you know, meaning, 
you know, if the kid, you know, and I'm just talking in terms of <clears throat> junior college level, if that kid had offers from, you know, it didn't matter who other JUCO offers he had, you know, we we're going to relentlessly recruit. He always said, turn over rocks. You know, you want to go find players that nobody else knows about, you know. Um, and that, that, that you talk about going through DMs, you talk about emailing people, you talk about, you know, contacting with, uh, making connections with other people. I mean, you know, that, that, I, that I kind of always, you know, I've always taken from him and, and that, I, that I still use, you know, because I, I want to pride myself on being able to go find players that nobody else can find, you know, whatever the case is and, and whatever, whatever reason that is. Yeah. And I know you, you, you care a lot about the person and, and the yeah. connection and there's a certain like authenticity with how you go about your deal. I know that he is a very matter of fact, direct, uh, abrasive at times. So was that a little bit of a challenge to kind of balance your own personal philosophy on, on recruiting and building those relationships and seeing how, how he went about it? Cause he, and I could tell that that guy loves hard, right? Yeah. He he coaches you hard because he expects a lot out of you. Yeah, I never got the sense that you talk that way to your kids, um, but at the end of the day, you are coaching, you know, under his program. So, like, how is how was it balancing that? You know, I always tell people that it's hard to comment or not comment. It's hard to judge another head coach's decisions or actions. I've never been a head coach. Yeah. No, I've never, I've never worn that hat. I don't know. You know, I would always tell Kyosha all the time, like, man, I don't want to be a head coach. You know, like the things that you got to go through with, you know, the politics of it and, and, and kind of, you know, you, you, you know, that's one thing about Kyosha. I always loved it. He, he's one of the most hardest, hardest working people I've ever been around, you know, and, and, and he does the things with you, right with you, you know? So um, that was one thing I took from him. I mean, I, I took things from everybody that I worked with when I was with, you know, coach Brown, I took that relentless, you know, relentlessly recruiting, you know, there it's, it's, it's your fault if you get beat on, on a recruit. You know what I mean? And and what did you, what could you have done better? What could you, what did you not do? You know, kind of, that's kind of what I took from him and Kiyoshi. You take that, that hard work mentality that, you know, you're putting your hard hat on every day and we're going to work and it doesn't matter. We're all doing it, you know, get, get up, let's go. And then um, when I was with Montalto, Jesse Montalto from Iowa Central, you know, he was one of the most organized he knew what he wanted to do. He knew his vision on, on what he wanted to do. And he's one of the best offensive minds I've ever came across. I mean, I, I don't think he gets enough credit for that, you know, in terms of what he does offensively with, you know, when he has a lot of talent and when he has, um, you know, what he's done, what he's done at, at Ellsworth when he was at Ellsworth was, you know, I, I nobody talks about that, but I think those are, you know, winning at that place with, with their situations there, man. He did a lot there. And then even with my short time with uh, at Missouri Southern, you know, I took some of the, the talent evaluation stuff that we came up with there. You know, I, I take a lot of that stuff with me, too, as far as just being able to evaluate talent on film. What are you seeing? What are you looking at? You know, making sure you're looking at the right stuff while you're watching the kids film. What are you noticing? Because when you're watching the kids film, you're just not watching one person. You're watching everything you're watching the kids around them you're looking at the competition level they're going against you're looking at you know the angles that kids are taking I mean he may look like he's running away from from a kid but what's that kid's angle how many strides is he taking per five yards you know you want to try to get in how long does it take him to, if he's on the ground you know coach Donerson from Independence taught me this if you got a kid you want to kind of it, it's all it's all estimation 
you know, everything's estimation, but you want to be able to have the closest estimation that you can to get a proper evaluation. He always talk about, you know, if you don't know how tall a kid is, see how long it takes him to get off the ground after he makes a play. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, watch. He's like, look, that kid took a long time to get up. He, yeah, he's 6'3", 6'4". You know what I mean? Look at that kid. He popped, he popped right up. You know, he's, he's 6'1". You know, I'm like, okay. It, it kind of, it kind of, kind of hit me like, okay, that makes sense. You know, so just kind of little tidbits that I took from, you know, from everybody and, and, and kind of put them in my tool belt kid. And then we'd always wait to see if the kid, how, how many strides does it take him across, you know, five yards. And, and you kind of come up with an estimation on what you think, you know, speed is. And, and you got to take into consideration the, the, the length of the legs, you know what I mean? And, and kind of stride, how they roll. Stride length times, uh, stride you frequency. Look everything, man. You, got, you to. got to look at everything. So it's, it's, that's, that's something that I learned in junior college that, you know, has, has helped me. Two strides every five, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So for JUCO kids, and really recruits too should still listen to this, that, that they're in high school too, because um, every college coach, if they're doing their homework right, when they reach out to you, one, the first time that they message you, they're, they're not going to ask for your film because clearly they've probably already seen it. But the, the main thing is that they're going to want to know your grades. Yeah. So what are the things that recruits need to have available, like immediately on their phone, screenshot, PDF, some form to to immediately send to coaches? You know, I don't, I can't speak for every school. I don't know how, what their procedures or processes are with that. But I know at, at, at Independence, you know, we had someone that was our academic advisor for all athletics there. So my job as a um, as a recruiting coordinator there is coaches would re- reach out to me. I would shoot them her email and then she would shoot them the, the transcript right away. I mean, if the kids can get a PDF copy and keep it in their, in their text thread, they can just copy and paste it to whenever a coach um, wants to know their transcript, that expedites the process too. You know, there's a lot of things that go into the recruiting process, which helps makes a kid more attractive or you know which decides whether what kid you're going to go with you know there's a lot of different factors you know that I don't think kids really understand um, when it comes to deciding when you're going to pull the trigger on a kid you know if you can get a pdf copy of your transcript every semester that I think doesn't do you any harm you know at all if you can keep it in your text thread copy paste it when a coach asks you for your transcript and that'll be able to get them um, to kind of get you a further evaluation to get them on their on your board yeah and and test scores as well and for for kids in in junior college and, and for junior college coaches like make sure these guys are registered with the eligibility center and they've uploaded their stuff into the eligibility center because that's a step you have to cross to even sign anywhere. And it really keeps everything in one spot. So you don't have, you don't have coaches asking you constantly, Mm -hmm. Hey, do you have his high school transcript? Hey, what was his high school test score? Because for us at Rice, you know, some of our best players are are, our junior college guys, Blaze Aldridge, who was fifth in TFLs this past year. And, Bradley Rosner, who was one of our leading receivers, I mean, both junior college guys. You talked about Ellsworth. We had Naeem Smith from there, and uh, he's our starting safety. Adam Scher from Butler, and we just signed TJ McMahon from Cerritos. So for us at Rice, you know, we the academics are important, and there are plenty of guys that go JUCO that are smart enough to get into school here. It's just a matter of getting that information. The high school transcript, the high school test scores, the junior college transcript. Jesse, this was this was awesome stuff. 
where can everybody find you on Twitter, on social media? On Twitter, my, my Twitter handle is. It's legendary. <laughs> it's legendary. Wait for it. I know the story behind that, man. You know, because because Coach Brown would always get mad at my Twitter handle all the time. He'd always tell me change it, change it, change it. You know, <laughs> and I and I always be like, all right, I'll change it. I think one time I did change it for like a week and then I changed it back I'm like no I didn't like I didn't like it you know but the the story behind that is The Godfather is my favorite movie you know that's my favorite movie you know of of all time and um so before I was into coaching that was my Twitter handle and so then when I got into coaching you know everybody, everybody's telling me well you got to change it to Coach Ornelas FB coach or coach Nellis at India or whatever it was. I'm like, well, to me, your Twitter handle is like your gamer tag. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. you know, that's, that's what make every, that's what's going to, I want people to know that's a unique thing. You know what I mean? And, and so, you know, I, I just kind of left it and, 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 you know, it is, it is what it is now. People like it. I mean, it's, it's funny, I guess it's, it's, you know, so you can follow me at, at the Godfather underscore. O. you know, that's my Twitter. So. Let me know if you need anything. <laughs> I gotcha. And and before we let everybody go, what's one thing you would tell players, parents, and coaches? I would tell parents, players, and coaches, just trust the process. You know, only thing that you can do is is have your ducks in a row. You know, if if you're a if you're a, a player, you know, make sure you have your ducks in a row. Make sure your film is tight, make sure your, your academics are tight, make sure that, that you have good people that can speak on your behalf in a positive way. Um, you know, if you're a parent, you know, don't be afraid to ask those recruiters the hard questions, you know, talk money with them, you know, um, you know, ask them, you know, kind of don't be afraid to ask them questions because that allows, allows everybody to be transparent and, and, and you know, to coaches, you know, um, just be thorough on on your evaluations and your and your research and and you know if if you find an, if you look for enough guys you know you'll find the ones you want you know that's what I always say if if you if you look if you look spread your net wide you'll find the ones that you want so it is a numbers game yes that's right that's right that's right so Jesse I I really appreciate you jumping on the show this was fun it was it's always always good to catch up and talk shop so. Look forward to staying in touch and uh, you guys stay safe, okay? You too, man. Take care.